Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Good morning, everybody. How's 8.30? Just, if, if you were listening to Pastor Ken talking to us earlier, talking about giving up a husband or wife, and that sounded good to you, just look straight ahead. If you thought that was a good deal, you get to give them up and you get a reward in this life and in the... But wait, there's more. <laughs> good morning, Vision Sunday. Are you ready for it? Vision for 2023, good grief, is grow. Grow. So much in that small word, isn't there? Good morning, Balcony. So happy you're alive. Good morning, balcony. There we are. So much in such a small word, isn't there? It's so rich, it's so deep. And this year, 2023, we're going to be uncovering, unpacking, unearthing, digging up all that God wants to do in, our, in the life of our church, in the life of our congregation, and in your life personally, and in my life, as we speak this word constantly over our lives, that everything in our lives would grow. Let me start by saying, um, if you're a parent here, uh, give me a wave if you're a parent, by the way, just lo lots and lots of parents, you'll know that most, one of the most bittersweet experiences of being a parent is that our kids grow. Um, on the one hand, it's kind of the point, isn't it? It's the goal. It's like they are supposed to grow and leave home, and every parent with a 20-something child said, amen. <laughs> they are, the whole point is that they are supposed to become self-sufficient. The whole point is that they're supposed to become revenue-generating at some stage. The whole point is that they're supposed to contribute positively towards the cash flow of the household at some stage, and every parent agreed. But on the other hand, we all want to keep them small and cute as well, don't we? And uh, what Pastor Ken's been doing over the last little while is, is uh, been mapping Caitlin's growth and Caleb's growth on their bedroom door frames. And we've been marking it with little stars. And you'll see on the screen, there's Kate's door. And then on the right-hand side, we kind of zoomed it up for you just to show you the dates and her height. And you can see how her height has changed from December 2019 to the top star, December 2022. She's grown. And it's so crazy because every night she goes to bed and she wakes up and I, I don't see that she's grown in that evening or that night. But of course, we know that she somehow has because look at the cumulative effect. Every good thing is designed to grow. This is the thought that I hope you'll, you'll, you'll take and assimilate into your life, that you will take and absorb into your life today as we, before we go any further discovering grow, before we take this year and just look at all that it means, I pray that there'll be something in your spirit that receives this today that says this, every good thing that God has made and designed is designed to grow. Lionel Messi, any Messi fans in the house? Any Ronaldo fans in the house? Ronaldo fans are loud. Hey? They've always been a little, a little bit loud. The Messi fans in the house, you'll know maybe, your hero. He's a short dude, isn't he? 
I think he's five foot six or five foot seven or something at the most, I think. Pretty early on in life, he, he figured out, he discovered that he wasn't going to grow tall, that he was going to stay small. And it's interesting because I watched an interview with him at about the age of 13 as he moved to Barcelona into the junior leagues. It was so interesting listening to him being interviewed about his growth as a footballer. He said this, he said, I know that I'm small and I'm likely to remain small in stature. So he said, I need to grow in some areas. He said, for example, I need to grow about my, with regards to my awareness of the players around me. I need to grow with my strength on the ball. I need to grow in my defense mechanisms because I know that I'm never gonna be able to win if there's a, one-on-one battle when it comes to pure strength. So what he decided to do was to grow in all of the other key areas as a footballer. Every good thing, his talent, his gifting should grow. Every good thing is designed to grow. Now let's start theologically with this church. Let's go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis. And as God formed the earth, as God designed the earth, as God created the earth, let's hear what The scripture tells us, Genesis 1, 24 to 28 says this. God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind. How many of you would agree? That speaks immediately. I mean, the very first thing we see in Genesis 1 is that God designed it good and he designed it to grow. God designed it good and he designed it to? Every good thing should? So livestock, small animals, wild animals, and that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, small animals, each able to produce offspring. In other words, they were able to grow their species. And God saw that it was good because every good thing should. Then God said, let us make human beings in our, in our image to be like us. They'll reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, wild animals of the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. And so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. In other words, the image of God, which is good, would now grow through replication of his image in us. Are you with me? Why? Because at church, you know, by now every good thing should. And God's image is good, is it not? Male and female, he created them. He didn't just create them male, he created them male and female. In other words, humankind would grow. And because God created male and female, their offspring would now be possible. The human race would grow because God designed you and me good and every good thing should. You're getting it. You should have heard Edenville last week. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. I'm kidding. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, grow, right? Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and so on. Here's the point. God designed everything good and everything good should grow. Now, it's the same when it comes to our faith. Did you know that? Because our faith is good, our faith should grow. The apostle Paul talks about this in in his book to the Colossians. It's one of the most beautiful texts, actually, when it comes to our faith as Christ followers. And he he unpacks this burden, and he has this burden for the church of Colossae. And it's the same burden that, that, that any pastor would feel for their church. It's the same burden that Pastor Ken and I feel for our church. It's the very reason why we've chosen this year, grow, as our theme for the year. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 2 verse 7. He says, let your roots do what? Down into him. 
and let your lives be built on him. And then your faith will, and it will grow what? Strong in the truth you were taught, and it will overflow with thankfulness. God designed our lives, church. I hope that you receive something into your spirit today. God designed our lives to be, and our faith, to be this organic, living, breathing, interactive, not transactional, but loving friendship with the God in heaven who loves us more than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. He designed our lives to be this two-way, symbiotic, mutually beneficial, giving and receiving love relationship with the God in heaven who loves us. And he designed our faith in him to grow. He did not design it to be static. He did not design it to be stagnant. He did not design it to be complete in any one time. The only time our faith will ever be complete is one day when we get to meet Jesus face to face. But until that time on this earth, he designed our faith to grow. And Paul says, when it comes to your faith growing, what's important? He says, let your roots grow down into Jesus. And let your lives be built upon him, right? And then your faith will grow strong. God designed everything good to grow. Our faith is good and so he designed it to grow. How did he design it to grow? To grow down deep into Christ and he designed it to grow strong. God's desire, deep earnest desire for your life and my life is that our faith would be dynamic, constantly evolving, constantly growing, never getting stuck, never getting stagnant. God never designed a Christian to have their belief system fully worked out. He never designed their lives to be completely organized and, and, and set in one place and rigid. He designed you and I to be dynamic, no matter how old you are. For the over 70s here, let me say this to you, you can grow. Are you with me? You must grow, otherwise you're going to become old and grumpy. Young people in the house, grow while you're flexible. Grow while you're young. Grow while you've got vitality. Don't leave it till you get old and grumpy to grow. Grow now. Are you with me? Can everybody who is including those over 70 say amen? amen. Uh, Disney's uh, got a several theme parks, as you might know, in Orlando, Florida. One of them is called Animal Kingdom. And right at the center of Animal Kingdom is one of the most remarkable things I've ever laid my eyes upon. As you enter the park, you're greeted by something called the Tree of Life. There'll be a picture of it. It's a man-made, made out of synthetic materials, all artificial materials, but it is so realistic. It's so lifelike. The moment you enter the park, you, you can't help but see this tree of life. It, it would probably be as high as the floor to the roof of our, of our auditorium. That's how big it is. And as you get closer to it, you see more and more about it. You see more and more in it. For example, the trunk has got carvings of wild animals on it. Uh, the, the trees, although they're, uh, the leaves, although they all look green, they're different shades of green. And so I thought the tree of life was pretty remarkable in the day until night fell in the park and the tree of life came to light, uh, came to, to live at night or came, to, came alive at night. That tree starts to live and breathe at night. Its leaves start to glow. 
Listen, I don't know what they put in those leaves, but I know you can't smoke those leaves because there's something in there that... Some of you are looking at that tree and going, can I smoke those leaves? No, you can't. It's got substances in it that... <laughs> All the boom smokers, you can't smoke that boom. Okay, no. The, the leaves start to glow and they change color. The trunk start, uh, you can see it, it's, it's, it's lit up. And, and then what they start to do is they, they put holographics on the tree. Holographics is these moving images. And at the same time, it begins to tell a story. And so the tree of life literally comes alive and it begins to tell stories. It's quite the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. And I was thinking about that as I, as I looked at it and just stood there and admired it. And then I was thinking about Paul's words in Colossians 2 verse 7, where he says, let your roots grow down deep. I thought to me, Paul describes our life, church. He describes our living, breathing friendship with Jesus as, a, as like a plant, a living organism. How do we know that? Because he says, well, let your roots grow down deep. In other words, what are you and I? You and I are the plant. You and I are the tree. And God designed our lives to be living, breathing, vital, growing, so that you and I would literally be trees of life to people around us. That everybody who comes into contact with us would experience life, would experience the fact that you and I are living with, we, you and I are pulsating, alive with the presence of God, that, that the environment around us is living and breathing and, and got the energy of the Spirit of God within us. Are you with me? He designed us to come alive in dark places and dark times and to tell stories that would captivate people about the God in heaven who loves them. God designed our lives to be like a tree, a plant, living and growing. So we put a bit of a diagram together and I want to just take a few moments together, these moments that we have together to unpack this for us. There's, there's our lives, so you and I are the plant. Right, everybody, yeah, how do you know that? Because it says, let your roots grow down. So we know that we're the plant because we've got roots, right? You and I are the plant. Jesus is the soil. Our Thrive community is the air. The roots are our belief systems. And then the fruit that that produces is Christ's life. So 8.30, you're ready. Shall we unpack it a little bit this morning? You and I are the plant. We are interdependent. We are symbiotically involved. You know, remember biology in whatever standard it was. Standard whatever. Grade whatever. Remember bio, there was this word symbiosis. We, we, we exist and we're in a, in a mutual relationship with the things around us. You and I are the plant, but there's certain key things in our environment, certain key things that we depend upon. And church, here's the thing this morning, if your roots are going to grow down deep into him, if you're going to grow and thrive, and if your faith is going to be vital and living and evolving and developed and, and enlarging the, throughout this year, you and I are so, so, so dependent on the key things in the environment around us. Jesus is the soil, we know that, why? Because it says, let your roots grow down deep into him. So he's the soil. Jesus' life is the center, church. Jesus' life is the example. Jesus' life is the model. What are the roots? Because we're the plant, he's the soil, 
And it says, let your roots. In other words, the roots belong to the plant. So we're the plant. He's the soil. He's the soil we grow down into. How do we grow down into him? How do we connect with him? How do we, how do we make contact with him? Through our roots, right? What are our roots? Our roots are our belief systems. Can I suggest to you that, that there's certain key belief systems, there's certain key worldviews, there's certain key things about the way we view life, the way we see life, the way we believe life in this world uh, and our life in this world should be that our roots, and those roots can either be healthy or they can be toxic. If you and I are to grow, how many of you know every healthy plant has a healthy root, doesn't it? And that root is transferring the nutrients from the soil to the plant. No plant grows unless its roots are strong, unless its roots are healthy. Roots are our belief systems. What do I mean by that? I mean the following. I think our view of God is a belief system. Possibly the most important thing in your life and my life. This is a big statement, so... You might want to digest this and chew on it a little bit. Possibly the most important thing in your life and in my life is what we believe about God. That's the first belief system. What we believe about God. Now, depending upon where you come from in in life and your background, you may believe some good things about God or some bad things about God. If you've grown up... um, maybe in a household that, uh, where your parents were atheists or didn't believe in God. And maybe you have a vacuum when it comes to a, a predefined view of God. Maybe you were taught nothing about him. And so when you think of God, you, at the moment, you might even just think vacuum. You might just think, I don't know. Like, I just don't have a lot of coloring in on that space, you know? Maybe you grew up completely the other side of the spectrum. Maybe you grew up in a very strict household. Maybe your parents were mean Christians. Can I just say that there's no such thing, that, that's got to be a, a, a contradiction in terms. Mean Christians. You can't be a Christian and be mean. So it means then that what I'm going to say to you is maybe your parents weren't in fact Christians. Maybe they weren't Christ followers. Maybe they were religious. Big difference between a fo- being a follower of Jesus and being religious. Maybe they went to church every Sunday. Maybe they told you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Maybe the list of don't do's was longer than the list of do do's. <laughs> and that got you into a whole lot of do do. <laughs> Maybe your view of God as a consequence is this God's somewhat distant, somewhat detached, somewhat angry. God's keeping score. God's kind of got a checklist out there. Busy make, you know. Did you jaw on Saturday night? Did you get drunk? You know. Maybe some of us grew up with a very negative view of God because of our father figures, our mother figures. Maybe our parents taught us dodgy things about God. Maybe some of us have been in previous churches that more resembled cults than they did followers of Jesus. Maybe you had a pastor that taught you faulty theology I don't know where you've come from friends I don't know what your background is but I do want to suggest to you that for you and I this year as we grow and pursue healthy roots healthy belief systems our view of God is so 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 vital that he is the father in heaven who loves us 
And because God is spirit, he's both male and female, right? Just to be clear on that. God's not defined by gender. Jesus calling him Abba, Father, is an expression of intimacy more than it is simply confirming that he's male. Because God is spirit, he's both male and female. He's the full expression of, of, of all humanity, which is why he created male and female. Because he knew that male would be incomplete. He knew that female would be incomplete. And so he created both. Can I get some amens? Some of you are thinking about what I'm saying now. So God is a loving Father in heaven who loves us more than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has done everything on your behalf for you to have access and friendship with that God. Religions is spelt D-O, do more. The gospel is spelt done, D-O-N-E. You're with me. Second worldview that I think determines whether or not our roots are healthy in is God's view of us. What do you think God thinks about you? What do you, I mean, what do you think God thinks about you? When God sees you every moment of the day, what do you think he speaks over you? What do you think he says about you? What do you think the words that come to his mind about you are? Well, I want to say to you this morning that they're nothing but good. They're nothing but loving. They're nothing but kind. It's helpful for us to remember that God loves us infinitely more than we could ever love ourselves. Our third worldview is what we think of ourselves. What do you think of yourself? When you see yourself, when you look at yourself, when you think about yourself... God sees perfect. God sees adopted son or daughter into the family. God sees the perfection of Christ in you. This is what substitutionary atonement is all about. It's that Christ took our place and therefore when God sees us, he sees Christ. He sees the identity of Christ and, and that's why Jesus, uh, Paul says put on your new self, put on your identity. God doesn't just see you and me with all of our dodginess. Aren't you grateful that he doesn't see your dodginess? He sees, uh, I'm grateful, I don't know about you actually. You're looking at me with judgmental eyes, especially this bank over here, you guys are looking. <laughs> I'm grateful that he sees Jesus. Can, can you wrestle with that this year? That what God looks at and what God sees when he sees you is he sees the perfection of Jesus. It's quite a thought, eh? It's quite a thought to think about. What's our view of others? That others are the image bearers of God. What's another worldview that matters? What's our, what's our view of the good life? Or what is the good life? What do we think the good life is? Well, Jesus told us what it is. He said the good life is losing your life to find your life. He said that there's power in weakness. He said that when you're weak, he is strong. Uh, Jesus said the, the greatness of life is not defined by title or anything else. He says the greatness of your life is defined by your service to others. That's why the shirts that all of our volunteers are wearing is uh, our serve teams are so powerful because it says, how can I serve you? Really what they're doing is they're pursuing the great things in life, which is to serve others. 
What's the air? So we got, we're the plant. You're tracking with me? 8.30, you're good? We're the plant. Jesus is the soil. What's the roots? Our belief systems. What's the air? Well, the air is the environment around us. It's, it's the atmosphere around us. In this place right now, Thrive is the air. This, this community, our Thrive community, this is the air. Would you do me a quick, a quick object lesson? Would, would you mind being a participant and a guinea pig in my object lesson? It's a corporate object lesson. It involves every single person in the building right now. Are you okay for it? It'll take exactly 30 seconds. On the count of three, take a deep breath. And do not, on the count of three, you mug. <laughs> Okay, on the count of three, you're going to take a deep breath and then hold it in, okay? And you're not going to breathe again, um, please, if you can at all. I mean, if, listen, yeah, if you have a heart condition, don't partake in this. Okay, we have a defibrillator in the, in the first aid room. We don't want to use it today. And then just keep, it, keep your breath in and then when I let you know, you can breathe again. Is that okay? Cool. On the count of three, one, two, three. Some of you are feeling quite awkward about now. Raise your hand right now if you'd like some more air. Raise your hand now if you'd like some more air. <laughs> okay, you can exhale. What's the point? We all need air regularly. This community right now is an atmosphere. Did you know that? This atmosphere exists right now in this room exactly as it is because you're present in it. If I were to say to you, let's take Pastor Steve out and let's go put him into um, the resource center or ask him to go and get ready to greet people for the second service right now. If I was to do that, the atmosphere in this room would actually subtly change because I've removed one human being from it. There's some chemistry that has exited the room. Are you with me? This is how important atmospheres are. Can I, can, I, can I say this to us, lovingly and politely? You and I, we need the air of this atmosphere regularly. Can I say this every week? Yes. You know what, you know what some of us do? We come to church every second, third, or fourth week. In fact, did you know what the worldwide average is? Listen, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have no aspiration to be the worldwide average of, every, of anything. Can I get some amens? Thrive, are we better than the worldwide average? The worldwide average of people attending church is once every three to four weeks. Tell me how you can grow if you're getting air every three to four weeks. Now, I know that, that the vast majority of our input and our food comes from our individual devotional time with Jesus. You and I should be in God's Word every single day of our lives, right? We'll talk about that in a moment. But I also know that there's something that God lays in the atmosphere. I know that there's something that God does. I know that there's a special a manifestation of faith when you and I worship together, when you and I pray together, when you and I receive the Word together. You and I need to be in the air regularly, 
What some of our people who serving guys will do is that what they'll do is they'll go, well, I'm serving a double service this Sunday, and so the next week I'm gonna stay in bed. You're a muhu. Because <laughs> what you're doing is you're giving and you're never receiving. Tell me what happens, church, if you and I were just to breathe out, if you were just to permanently breathe out. <laughs> You've got to breathe in at some stage. You've got to receive air. Serving teams, look at me in my eyeballs. Do not serve one week and then miss the next week because you're resting. I want to say this to you. You'll never rest more. You'll never feel better than when you're in the presence of God. Can I get some amens? If you're receiving, if you're receiving, it'll help you to have something to give the next week. Now, I wonder some of you are so druk by the end of the year because you've just been coming on the year when you, the week when you serve, breathe out, never breathing in. Next week you breathe out. Yes, you got nothing at the end of the year. And those of you that aren't in the serving team, stop laughing at those in the serving teams. At least they're in the serving team. Yalaskrutamuchus. <laughs> Are you all good? Remember, illustrate it this way. Look at this lovely plant. Would you agree this plant is wonderful? We went to the nursery this week to buy it, especially. Would you agree it looks vital and healthy? Why? It's got air. It's got soil. Yes. It's looking lacquer. And so it's growing. It's living out grow. <laughs> then one Sunday it gets lazy. And it gets self-obsessed. Comfort and convenience start to wrap its ugly fingers around its throat. Starts to strangle it for air. This plant right now is busy dying in my hands. And then it decides, I'm going to skip it that week. I'm going to skip life group. I'm going to skip church. And one week turns into two weeks, turns into three weeks. Yes, like this thing's tripping me up, like moldering you. And eventually, the plant starts to get uprooted. And the comfort and the convenience starts to pull it out slowly but surely by the roots. And there it lies on its own. Roots are out. Whole ecosystems fallen apart. There it lies in bed on Sunday morning. Camera team, please get this. Let's just cover it with the duvet. It's comfortable, but it's dying. And then you'll see what it looks like at the end of the year. Do it. Can I encourage you to be in the air? Every week, every second or third week, parents, parents, please, please, your, your kids need you 
to take ownership for their discipleship. Your, your kids need you. If you don't come to church for any other reason than to get your kids into, I mean, maybe you feel fraught in the morning. Bring them to kids zone. You may feel angry with God, disappointed with God, disillusioned with God. You might feel like your faith is flat. You've got nothing to give. Don't project that onto your kids and make them stay at home because your feeling's flat. Can I get some amens? Please, Jesus. Got to be in the air to grow. Got to be in the air to grow. Speaking about the air, our Thrive community, We've got two things that we're really trusting God for, for this community to grow over this year. The first is that we're trusting that God would lead us to the right space and the right place for a new campus. We feel like there's something in the Thrive Air that another community could benefit from, hey? That every community deserves a great church. So we're busy looking around like, we've got our eyes on Mauritius at the moment. Anybody volunteering to? <laughs> That's one thing we're really, we're, we're really trusting God as an eldership and a board. We really are seeking the right place. We're trusting that this year that would become clear. Second thing we're trusting for is that in our Edenvale campus, we're going to be enlarging the whole foyer and cafe area. And we're going to be we're uplifting that campus and, and letting that building say hello and welcome and have space to welcome new people and, and to welcome the family of Thrive there. And so it's going to be a big year for our church as we potentially lay foundations for a new, a new expression of Thrive. And as we enlarge Edenville and as we continue to take Boxburg from strength to strength, it's going to be a year where this air grows. Maybe I can compare it to um, sea level air and altitude air. How many of you have run at, in Joburg kind of air, right? You've done, you've done long distance running. And then you go down to the coast and you see how lacquer that air is to run in. It's like the air is thicker, isn't it? The air's got more oxygen in it. I, I, I pray that the air of our church, the, the atmosphere, each one of us, that this, the air would grow thick with faith for what God wants to do, because what grows in great air? Good things. Can you say amen? amen? What's the food? Every plant needs food, don't they? Would you agree? Let's have a look at the diagram again. So we're the plant, Jesus is the soil, our beliefs are, are the roots, the atmosphere that we're in, atmospheres really matter, our Thrive community is the atmosphere, it's the air we breathe. What's the What's the food? What nourishes the soil? Remember, Jesus' life is the soil. I want to suggest to you that there are six things that really, really fed Jesus' life, that fed his faith life. The first one is silence, followed closely by solitude, followed closely by scripture. Those three are kind of like the trinity of devotional life. Silence, solitude, and scripture. 
Jesus regularly got away from people. He got into silent places uh, in order to just get alone with God, in order to just be silent, in order just to quiet some of the voices. Can I suggest to you, church, the, one of the most powerful things you can do for your faith life is to take that which fed Jesus and copy that. That's what it means to be a disciple. It's to it's to follow him. It's to copy what he did. Get a few minutes of silence every single day of your life. I guarantee you it'll feed your soul like you never dreamed possible. Will it be hard? Yes. Will it be difficult? Will it feel weird? Will your mind race? Absolutely. But just persist with it. I guarantee you it'll do amazing things. Silence, solitude, getting alone. Scripture is the thing that changes our lives more than anything else. Where does God speak to us most? He speaks to us most from the scriptures. Now, many people want somebody to pray for them. Many people want uh, an experience of God's spirit and his touch like what we had in the service this morning. Uh, and, it, and it's incredible, it's wonderful. But can I suggest to you the most powerful change agent of your faith and your growth this, this year will be scripture. It's the primary place God speaks to us. Open your Bibles and see what he has to say. Silent, solitude, scripture. Service, serving people at church, at home, serving the poor. If you and I decide, no matter where we are, however it comes, whatever opportunity comes our way, we're just gonna serve people. We're gonna serve people. That can be as simple as letting somebody else go through the door first. It can be as simple as opening a door for somebody. It can be as simple as giving somebody a smile. It can be as simple as giving somebody a word of encouragement. You know that checker's cashier that, that irritates you? Give them a word of encouragement and see what that does. What are you doing? You're serving them. You know, I get irritated with the cashiers when they don't say hi, when they don't greet. I don't, I don't, I don't like people that don't greet. I don't like it. It's not nice. I'm in your shop spending money at your shop. You should say, hello. <laughs> right? But then I thought to myself, how would I feel if I'd been six hours on the till with a whole bunch of people who are just shopping and never maybe greet me? So maybe I must lose some of my doucheness and maybe I could say hello to them first. Are you with me? Simple, hey. Serve the poor. We can't fix everything. We can't fix poverty in our country, but we can serve the poor with dignity, with recognition. Maybe if we've got some money, or if we've got some food, or we, we've got Nutrigo packs, we can buy Nutrigo. You know, we can serve the poor in whichever little small micro way you can. Just because we can't fix the whole problem doesn't fix, we shouldn't, mean we shouldn't fix some of the problem. Can I get some amens, 830? The next S is circle. Circle. Some of you are wondering, is that how they spell circle in Brackpan? No, no. Brackpan, good morning. <laughs> we just needed another S, so. Circle. Circle. Um, Jesus had a circle, 12 men that he did life and faith with. Who's your circle? Have you got a circle? You've got a life group. Have you got to get into a life group? Life groups are happening at the moment. Find a circle. Don't be that guy. Don't be that, that woman that goes, you know what, I'm good. Well, I'm, I'm okay. I'm an introvert. I don't like mixing. <laughs> Jesus had introverts and extroverts in his circle. Amen. And the last one is Sabbath, one day of rest to stop work and to delight in God. That's the food that fed Jesus' faith life. And so, let me put the picture together. 
We, our lives are a plant. Paul describes our lives as a plant, a tree. How do we know that? Because he says, let your roots grow down. What are our roots? Our roots are our belief systems. What, what connects us to the life of Christ? Our root systems, our belief systems. What's the soil? Jesus' life. What fed Jesus' life? Silence, solitude, scripture, service, circle, Sabbath. You with me? What's the air? It's the community that we're in. It's the people that we're around. It's the faith in the room and it's the devotion in our personal lives. And lastly, what's the fruit that happens? Well, it's Christ's life in us. Galatians 5.22, if you want to do some reading at home. Galatians chapter five, Paul's letter to the Galatians. Chapter five, 22 to 23. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the fruit that grows. Can I take a moment and encourage you? How many of you, like me, don't feel like fruit grows some days? I feel like some days I take two steps forward and then three steps back. But can I encourage you, if you look back over the last six months or if you look back over a year, guaranteed if you are growing, you'll see some fruit. You'll realize, listen, when the taxi driver cuts you off, now, it's only the third taxi that you start to react. The first two, you're okay. That's patience, people. You're getting there. Are you with me? If you and I focus on the fact that, and if you and I will have the humility to say that our lives are living, breathing, our faith lives are living, breathing, dynamic, interactive, mutually beneficial, symbiotic friendship with Jesus. And we are a plant. And we are, this is where the humility comes in. You and I, we know that we are dependent upon a whole bunch of things in the, in the environment in order to grow. We are dependent upon this place, the air. We've got to breathe in and breathe out. We need the air, right? If we realize that our belief systems can either be healthy or they can be toxic. If you and I will pay attention to what we believe about God, what, we, what God believes about us, what we believe about other people, what we believe the good life is, what we believe the point of life is, what we believe a significant life is, our belief systems, those are our roots. If you and I will take the soil of Christ's life and if you and I will realize what fed his life, silence, solitude, scripture, service, his circle, his Sabbath, and realize that there were things that nourished Jesus' life, and those same things nourish our lives. You and I, we will produce fruit. You might not see it next week, but guaranteed at the end of the year, you will see fruit. Now, to the business owners, to those who lead things in our congregation, those who lead departments, those who lead staff teams, those who lead whole areas, those who lead their own businesses, This is not divorced from your life at work. In fact, this is essential. This is central. This is, this is core. Because don't expect your business to grow. Don't expect your staff to grow. Don't expect your product line to grow. Don't expect your customer base to grow unless you're growing. And when you and I grow, everything that we're involved with grows because we're growing personally. God will never allow what we preside over to grow faster than, he will, than our character, faster than our faith, because we won't be able to sustain it. Grow. Let's grow together this year. Let's grow 
in our faith. And as our faith grows, our character grows. As our character grows, our competence grows. As our competence grows, our leadership grows. Our wisdom grows. Our ability to look after bigger things grow. It all comes down to a decision to grow. Can you say amen? amen. Come, let's stand together, church, shall we? Let's take a moment. And let's give this year to Him, shall we? Let's give this year to Him. Jesus, we give this year to You. We commit ourselves to being the plant, dependent upon all these things. We ask Holy Spirit that You would give us the wisdom, give us the humility, give us the discipline, Give us the commitment we need. Give us the steadfastness. Give us the faithfulness. Give us the determination. Give us the ability to see it through. That this year, we'd grow in Jesus' name. And everybody in this beautiful 830 service said, We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.